You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today, it is January 28th, 2022. On the show today, we discuss the news that Kevin Franzen will be the new color commentator on Masson for Nationals games. He'll be paired up with Bob Carpenter. So there's that news. We'll talk about that. Also discuss the uh, 2023 Hall of Fame uh, nominees that we're going to have next season. Interesting class. Not sure how many of these guys uh, will make it. If any of them will make it to the Hall of Fame. And then we'll touch on the latest on the labor negotiations between Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association. So busy show coming up today. Hope you all enjoy. All right, let's get into it here on the Locked On Nationals podcast. So first piece of news we have to get to is that Kevin Franzen has been announced as the next color commentator for the Washington Nationals. And so uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Kevin Franzen, those of you who are, we'll just kind of go through this right here. 2014, he played with the Nationals. That was the one year he did, but he does say that is his favorite year. He might just be saying that, but he did say it was an enjoyable year and it was a pretty good year for the Nationals success-wise. And that's actually a pretty beloved team uh, as well. We'll get to another member of that team here in a little bit. But across his nine-year career, he played the first four seasons in San Francisco with the Giants. Then he went to the Angels in 2010. Came back in 2012 at 30 with the Phillies for two seasons. The Nationals picked him up in 2014, and then he returned to the Giants 2015. Didn't play very much, but that was his nine-year career. Hopped in the booth for the Phillies in terms of radio for four years. So he was a color commentator with the Phillies for those four seasons. Um, The reason why I like this, there are a few of them. Number one, he has got broadcast experience. Now, this can be taught to certain guys, but having that broadcast experience, particularly on the radio side, is going to benefit him a lot. When you think about radio, you think about television color commentary, they're very different. Actually, most radio crews for baseball are split up between two guys. One of them will do uh, usually innings. I think it depends on what you listen to. But the way that when I was in college, we broke it up is somebody would do innings one through three. The next guy would do four, five, and six. You'd flip back for seven, eight, and nine. So kind of a primary guy and a secondary guy. And, you know, you flip. So one does play-by-play once again for one through three. The other guy does color. Guy number two flips over and does play-by-play. The original guy does color. Then you flip it once more for the final three innings. If it goes into extra innings, you flip it by the same rotation that you did for the, the normal game. Um, so the guy who did four, five, and six will end up doing 10, 11, and 12 if that ends up being like that. Um, this is, you know, it's, it's an interesting dynamic because to my knowledge, I don't think Kevin actually ended up doing any of the play-by-play. He was just an analyst. And so what you do analyzing on in terms of radio is going to be a lot different than television, but it's an easier transition with the usage of replay and then replay that the uh, the audience can see. You know, you're not just looking for yourself and having to describe it. You're looking and now you're pointing stuff out. You're showing the fans things at home. And so I think as a broadcaster myself, and it could be different for Kevin, but I think that transition's a bit easier. You just learn how to scale things back. And television, 
radio is a conversation too for baseball, but television is much more so because the play by play man does not have to be as descriptive as you do in radio because the audience can see everything. It's just generally how the, uh, the sports work, right? You know, you're saying uh, it's a strike, you know, at the knees, you know, just below the shin guard on radio or just above the shin guard uh, on radio. And then on TV, you know, you say just you just say at the knees, right? You, you don't have to describe the Josh Harrison's shin guard and the ball in relation to it or, you know, um, you know, where the ball hits somebody It's just a little bit less descriptive for the play by play thing. And it's going to be a good conversation. I, I think Bob Carpenter is such a pro that I think the transition for Kevin with him is going to be pretty easy. I know people love F.P. Santangelo. He was there for 11 years, and obviously the Nationals and Masson, uh, mostly Masson, I believe, decided not to renew his contract. And so I know that upset a lot of fans, but I think this could be a really good pairing of F.P. Oh, excuse me, uh, of Bob Carpenter and with Kevin France, and also Dan Colco will still be in the mix. I assume that days where Bob isn't calling the games. Uh, it's going to be Dan doing the play-by-play. And then I'd also assume that on days where it's not Kevin Franzen doing color commentary, we might see some more Justin Maxwell, who actually did grow on me last season. But I love the fact that Kevin Franzen has broadcasting experience. He also seems like a really well-liked guy, a really respected guy. People seem to have an affinity for Kevin Franzen, a good locker room guy. Once again, liked everywhere he went. People really liked him on the radio in Philadelphia. Had a very heartfelt thing saying, you know, he's going to miss his broadcast partner on the radio there, and that was the toughest part. But he seems to be a light guy. And the final thing, and this is really important, is that, number one, he, you know, this, he's played for the Nationals, so he has some familiarity. He's played for the Phillies, so he's had some familiarity. He's done a lot of Nationals games. And over the course of four years, he's probably done over, what, 50, 60 um, Nationals-Phillies games uh, across the time that he's been there. And so he's also seen the Phillies a bunch, right? That's good because the Nationals play them a bunch. He's also seen the Braves a bunch. He has seen the uh, the Mets a bunch and the Marlins a bunch. So he has got a really good familiarity with the National League East, and obviously you play uh, those teams more than anybody else. So he's going to be really familiar with those teams, and that familiarity is going to make for quality on the broadcast. So you're getting a guy who played in this division for multiple teams, a guy who's broadcasted games for one of the teams in the division uh, and has got to see all the other teams in the division. It's just a good situation. It's a good fit. The, the comfort level for him is going to be there, and I'm excited to see how he pairs up. But he seems like an excitable guy. I've reached out to him. Hopefully we can try and get him on the show and kind of get his enthusiasm and see his thoughts on this year's Nationals team as they begin to, to rebuild things. But this is an exciting announcement. We were kind of wondering for a while. It's a good piece of baseball news that we can all be happy about right now at a time where there's been some news over the past week or so that have been uh, some positive, some negative. But with a lockout, you know, I think it's a cloud hanging over everybody's head. So it's nice to see that we get a positive piece of news with Kevin Franzen being introduced now into the, uh, the Masson booth, the Nationals, to, once again, to my knowledge, I think it's going to be Bob Carpenter. Uh, he's got two more years in the contract, I think. And then it's going to be Dan Colco patrolling the sidelines. And then also he'll step in for some play-by-play. -play. And now Kevin Franz, an utility man, add him to the mix as your color commentator for the Nationals on Masson. Contract details are not known, according to uh, Jesse Doherty of the Washington Post. We'll see if we get those here pretty soon. We'll try to get Kevin on the show also. 
All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's look ahead to the 2023 Hall of Fame potential uh, members, the guys who are being added to the ballot, who are eligible to go into the Hall of Fame next year. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. It is the new year, folks. I know everybody out there has got New Year's resolutions. If yours is eating healthier and getting in shape, Built Bar can be a part of that. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein. They're covered in chocolate. They've got delicious flavors like coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com today. That's Built.com to see what they've got available. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D. One five lock fifteen. You'll get fifteen percent off on your next purchase at built.com today. Once again, locked fifteen at built.com. All right, so uh, Major League Baseball on Fox, I believe it was, yeah, Fox Sports MLB tweeted out a graphic of twenty twenty three Hall of Fame eligible nominees. Now, uh, this comes in the heels of this week where we had one Hall of Fame inductee, and that was David Ortiz. He gets into the Hall of Fame. You look ahead to the 2023 uh, Hall of Fame ballot, and there are a couple guys that, you know, might get close to getting in. Um, This is a unofficial 2023 ballot, but Scott Rowland is up there in his sixth year on the ballot. He seems to be a guy people think is going to get a lot of uh, attention. Uh, Todd Helton, Billy Wagner, Andrew Jones, Gary Sheffield, Alex Rodriguez, very controversial. He'll be on there. Um, Jeff Kent in his 10th season, Manny Ramirez, Vizquel, Pettit, Rollins, Abreu, Burley, Torrey Hunter. So those guys are going to be on there. Now, uh, your guys that have a chance to be on there for the first time, I'm just going to read here um, from from baseball reference about the guys who have a chance. Carlos Beltran, John Lackey, Jared Weaver, Jacoby Ellsbury, Matt Cain, Johnny Peralta, Jason Wirth, J.J. Hardy, Mike Napoli, Aaron Hill, Bronson Arroyo, R.A. Dickey, Eric Ibar, Carlos Ruiz, Ubaldo Jimenez, K-Rod, Andre Ethier, Stephen Drew, Joaquin Benoit, Houston Street, Joe Blanton, Adam Lynn, Jonathan Papel, uh, Jonathan Broxton, excuse me, Glenn Perkins, Chad Qualls, and Jason Grilly. So these all guys, these guys are gonna have a chance to go uh, next year. You know, I, I think Carlos Beltran is the player that sticks out the most when you look at this list. This is a guy who had a 20-year Major League Baseball career. Um, ends up with some pretty gaudy numbers, 1,582 hits uh, across his time in the majors. Um, uh, no, excuse me, 2,725 hits uh, across his time in the majors. 1,587 runs batted in. He drove in, uh, he had four and 35 home runs. He stole 312 bases during the time. And during his run, you know, he won rookie of the year, uh, got close to being an MVP back in 2006 with the Mets, where he had an excellent season. That's about as close as he got. But uh, a guy who has accolades, you know, he is a three-time uh, gold glover, a nine-time all-star, 2017 World Series champion, a two-time silver slugger. The big question with a guy like Carlos Beltran is how much does the Astros sign-stealing scandal weigh in on his uh, ability to make the Hall of Fame. Obviously, he was there in 2017, uh, you know, playing there, but uh, was involved, and it, it cost him 
uh, managerial job last year. And so this is the, the kind of the big question is, how does this get viewed? It's not steroid related, but how does his involvement in that get viewed? I mean, the guy is a career 279 hitter with a 350 on base, a 486 uh, uh, slugging percentage, and then an 837 OPS, and an OPS plus of 119. So uh, pretty good for the time that he was, you know, for his, his long uh, distinguished career, you could say. But look, this is this is to me a guy who's, going to be, you know, maybe get close. I don't think he gets in. I think that uh, involvement in the sign-stealing scandal might be something that definitely could keep him from the Hall of Fame. Other guys you see on that first-timer list, John Lackey, you know, that one really doesn't, um, for me, it doesn't get me going too much, although he did have a really nice 14-year career, but I, I don't think that's somebody that I watched and ever thought, hey, Hall of Fame-type guy. Jared Weaver was really good uh, for a short amount of time, just a 12-year career. And uh, for him, you know, I, I think he had a couple injuries uh, during his time, too, when he played, but not a guy to me that screams Hall of Fame 12-year career, 3.63 ERA on his career. I'm not going to read the wins and losses because, you know, they don't matter. But he won a lot more than he lost uh, is the big thing. Jacoby Ellsbury, definitely not. I really don't think there's any chance. This guy gets in the Hall of Fame just an 11-year career, and while he was a very effective player during his, his stint, just the longevity was not there. Uh, the Nationals' Jason Worth is going to be up here. 15-year career for him, but there were some lowlights to go along with some highlights. The consistency for him just sometimes, uh, you know, it wasn't always there, but he did have a really good middle stretch of his career. From about 2007 to uh, 2014, he was a damn good player, uh, and he did have one season in 2011 that wasn't so good. But still, when he hit 232, he had a 330 on base. So it was a really, uh, a really good player for a long time. But I don't know if he warrants Hall of Fame consideration uh, in my book. Now he'll get it, which is great to see a guy like uh, like Jason Worth get the considerations. But I, I don't think we see him in the end get into the Hall of Fame. It's just uh, to me, that's the way that I see it. Uh, list a couple other guys, but it'll be interesting to see how this group factors in. And if the fact that there's not a ton of strong guys in this group, maybe pushes votes up for others. You never know how these guys are going to vote, but it's an interesting class coming up in 2023. All right. Another break coming up here. After that, we'll look at the current situation between the major league baseball players association and the league to see where the two sides are and when hopefully we can get a deal done here pretty soon. But first, Quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Sign up. It's free to do. When you do, use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus today. So if you deposit $100, they'll give you an extra $50 to play with today at betonline.ag. They've got basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, uh, NFL playoffs, Vegas casino games, everything you could want, they've got there at Bet Online. Once again, promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, locked on. You'll get that 50% welcome bonus as well. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right, let's talk about the Major League Baseball lockout. You guys know my policy if you're new to the show, because every show is somebody's first. I look at the counter of, of days until pitchers and catchers. Report And we've got 16 days, 14 hours, 11 minutes, and 33 seconds as I read this 
right now. That is a problem to me because the number of days that we have been locked out is now uh, now really increasing. Uh, December 2nd to me is the first day of it. So that's 29. Yeah, the 28th that we're in day 28 right now of this. The grand total is around 57 days of a lockout approximately. Um, that is concerning. The good news is that the two sides have met. So uh, the players once again have been locked out since December. The two sides are finally negotiating the league uh, and the officials from the Major League Baseball Players Association met twice. Uh, actually, think they met three times. I think they met yesterday as well. Um, it's good to see them come together. They are addressing, I think arbitration has been a big thing that has been talked about uh, right now. And, um, you know, over a billion dollars of deals have been secured before the work stoppage, but there's still plenty of free agents left at this point in time. Uh, there's plenty of guys need to find somewhere and to find a home. So it's important that they get this thing going. Now, the big question is, are we going to see uh, a 14 team playoff that is going to happen in major league baseball? Do we think there's going to add, you know, uh, or 16 or whatever, you know, they might end up doing. Um, I know the MLBPA is prefers 12 teams at this point in time. I think that's a big, uh, a big thing that we're going to see talked about right now. And I think that could, you know, in, kind of expand the revenues. The problem is revenue sharing, I think, is just basically off the table. They're not going to do that. Talking about the arbitration and things like that, it appears um, that the minimum salary is something that is big to the players union right now. I think they're going to let up on, on things like, you know, arbitration and stuff like that. If they can get one, of, basically one of these things has to improve. They're not going to get all of it. I think they know that they're not going to get all of it, but I think the players are pushing in the right direction right now. And we just hope that overall we can get this thing going. Uh, this was talked about before, but you know, I, I was talking about Evan Drellich's article in the athletic a little while ago. And he pointed out that the best offers typically don't come until the last second. The problem is with a sport like baseball, these players just need time to ramp up, to get themselves going, to get themselves into shape, especially the pitchers. It, you know, I know basketball is like that too, in some senses, but this is a whole different level just because of the way baseball is it's such an odd mechanical sport that it's important. We get these guys on time into camp and hopefully we do get that, but uh, we're a little over two weeks away and this is probably when the best offers need to start coming in so we can make sure we secure a season. We can get secure the bag for a couple of these players in free agency. That needs to, to happen as well because a lot of these guys don't even have homes yet. I know fans are chomping at the bit to see where some players might go. Uh, a lot of big names like Carlos Correa still out there right now. That's really the, the the big thing I think the fans want is just to, you know, to make sure we can get this season, get it on time. And from the coverage standpoint, I want everybody to be healthy, right? And I don't want the I don't want the players association to get walked on. I think there's a way we can find some common ground and make things better for both the league and for the players. My big sticking point, I think you all know this, we just need the DH. We gotta have the designated hitter across baseball. That is my big sticking point. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore videos. We'll be popping up more frequently on YouTube, I promise, with some more graphical elements, trying to get a new camera secured right now as well. Make sure you guys go and subscribe on YouTube, like, and leave some comments too. Always gives me some inspiration for content. Also, if you guys want to hear the breakdown of the Hall of Fame 
uh, situation with Bonds and Clemens and Ortiz getting in. Sully Baseball and I uh, and Locked on MLB did a full show about 35, 40 minutes talking about that situation, that uh, you know announcement, uh, what's next for Bonds and Clemens. You guys can check that out last show in your podcast feeds and also on YouTube. All right, my friends, until next time, stay safe.